When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on, of course, getting closer to the midterms. Um, And we're supposed to remember when it comes to bad test scores for kids whose fault this was? Well, you know, it's orange man bad. What? That's all they have right now, man. Okay, so there's been another historic drop in math and reading scores for kids across the country because teachers unions and Democrats locked kids out of school for so long. What I don't understand right now is why the Biden White House isn't actually just saying, well, you know, we don't control individual school districts. I mean, I know that'd be a little bit uh, disingenuous because they Mm -hmm. were saying we got to reopen safely. And they were changing guidance based off of what teachers unions uh, were, were telling them to say. But they could also say. With some plausibility, we didn't make the decisions at the local level. And you know what we're going to try to do? We're going to, uh, what we're going to do is say that uh, we want to try to make sure that we're giving local uh, jurisdictions the uh, resources that they need and yada, yada, yada. But instead, they're just going back and blaming Trump. How? Well, this is White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. She was asked what the Biden administration was going to do. Okay. So, um, as you all know, from when the president walked into this administration, it was a top priority for him to safely reopen schools. And he did that, especially for our our kids, right, across the country, millions of kids. Okay. (laughs) Mid-boggles your mind. I'm sorry, man, to stop this early on. Okay, that's not true. What you're trying to say is not true. Okay. And I don't know if this is the tactic to make things seem longer. Did she say uh, to open the schools um, mostly for the kids or something to that effect? Yeah. Well, who else is it for? I don't want to get this irritated. The show no, no, just I know, I know, I know, I get it. I understand. What is she saying? ...for him to safely reopen schools, and he did that, especially for our, our, our kids, right, across the country, millions of kids. Especially for them. Yeah. That's the whole point for school. And uh, let's not forget, when he walked into this administration, the COVID response was incredibly mismanaged what? by the former administration, uh, and couldn't. And he understood, because just because it was mismanaged, it could not... That action could not uh, come at the expense of our children. Uh, so he said he'd get to work, and, and the first step was okay. reopening schools, which he did. It was about 46% uh, no, percent of schools were open, and in a short period of time, we were able to uh, open schools fully uh, in just a few months after the president walked into the administration. <laughs> if it was a blue district, they Holy didn't cow. open. Yeah. Right. It, that I mean, 
I'm sure you can find a few exceptions to that, but the general rule was that. People on the left kept kids out of school. They did. You, you can't change it now. You're trying to change history on a number of different issues, and people don't buy it anymore. At least the independents don't buy it anymore. Well, I suppose if you them, only get your news from them, maybe right. you do. I mean, DeSantis was stacking up dead teachers like Cordwood. <laughs> right. They were, right? I mean, that's all we heard. Yeah. Well, and yeah, when Governor Abbott in Texas was dropping pandemic-era restrictions, uh, Joe Biden from the Oval Office said that was Neanderthal thinking. You can't, yes, you can't run away from that stuff. But they are, they're trying to do it, and I see it over and over again. One of the new talking points about schools in particular is that while schools weren't closed, school buildings were closed. Uh, screw you, dude. If, if yeah, that's no your kidding. take, you clearly didn't have kids. Or you weren't paying attention, or you're just a hack. So saying, well, they did keep them up. They just did remote learning. Yeah. Well, that was a dismal failure, and that was talked about very early on. Mm-hmm. But the teachers' unions didn't want to talk about that. Oh, my gosh. That's infuriating. Okay. Uh, Of course, with the election coming up, there's some debates going on. There's a big one in Pennsylvania tonight. Oh, yeah. With Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of people live streaming that just to see how that goes. But there was one in Florida last night. Yeah, it looks like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is going to cruise to re-election. And you can tell because his opponent, Democrat Charlie Crist, was just desperate actually tried to say that Ron DeSantis was the lockdown governor. Wasn't that cr- This is the craziest it's piece wild, of audio man. I've, I, I, all day. Okay. I haven't heard this one yet. Go oh, ahead my gosh. It. Well, so he opposed having kids in school. His supporters sued me. Hold, hold on. That's, that's the second. Get to the Chris part, please. You're the only governor in the history of Florida that's ever shut down our schools. What? You're the only governor in the history of Florida that shut down our businesses. I never did that as governor. You're the one who's the shutdown guy. We need to have somebody who is at the helm that understands it's important to listen to science, to do what's right, to utilize common sense. You don't just shut down at the outset. (laughs) Unreal. The funniest part was Ron DeSantis's facial expression because he's got a pretty good poker face yeah yes um but he actually did a double take like literally went like oh it was almost like a scooby-doo cartoonish kind of thing like what looked over like did i just hear him right did he just say i'm the guy who shut down all the schools because because there were actually teachers protesting teachers union flack uh protesting bringing body bags outside of different offices in state government because I wanted to reopen the schools. They were calling him Death Santis. Right. <laughs> that, that doesn't make what? any sense. Charlie Crist sent him a letter and told him that it was irresponsible for him to be reopening the schools. Yeah. And he should be ashamed of himself, on and on and on. The same guy who was talking about, he didn't shut oh down my anything. Gosh. You didn't have a pandemic when you were governor, you jackass. Right. <laughs> And he, Gosh, dang. Why would you shut him down? What reason would you have to, had to do it? Yeah. Just because you felt like it? What a, I mean, this guy is a professional politician. Unbelievable. Okay. So then DeSantis responds? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, so he opposed having kids in school. His supporters sued me to keep the kids out of school in 2020. And, ha and how critical was that decision? We just got the nation's report card, the results from all 50 states. Florida, number three in fourth grade reading and number four in the country in fourth grade math. And if you adjust that for demographics, we are number one in the country in both. Wow. Now, I do have this random conspiracy theory here because Charlie Crist used to be a Republican. Yeah. And now he's a Democrat. And I wonder if he's still like a closeted Republican and he's actually running to tank the race to make sure that Ron DeSantis stays governor. <laughs> governor. Because I don't know what you would do different if no, that was right. your actual goal. You're absolutely right. To, to I actually, never thought about that, but yeah. To actually set a response like that up on a tee for your opponent, you have to be tanking. You don't want to be governor if you say something like that. No. No. Or it's just desperation hoping that p people weren't paying attention and now believe what you say, but that doesn't make any sense either. Wow. That's something. Meanwhile, um, <laughs> a lot of people are predicting it's going to be a red wave, and a lot of that has to do with Biden. His numbers are terrible. We know all of this. And as far as, you know, his mental capability, it does seem to be getting worse. Mm. You know, oh, yeah. Month by month, sometimes yeah. week by week or day by day. Um, you know, earlier he got lost again on the White House lawn. Yeah. He started walking the wrong way. They had to say, no, we're going this way. And just to see that, I mean, time and time again, man, it's disturbing. Yeah. But then, and when he called Kamala the president again. Unbelievable. And this whole thing, it, well, he started to make a statement off script. Which was a head scratcher. Um, you know, this is the big uh, Diwali celebration that's kicking off. And they had the big celebration going on at the White House. Okay. And so you had Dr. Jill. She was saying, you know, I mean, that speech went on for a long yeah, time. Of course it did. And then they brought out Kamala. And she talked about how much, you know, Diwali meant to her. And then here comes Joe. All right. I'll just let you hear it for yourself. And I want... No, you got to go right to where he starts. Thank you very much. Yeah. And one of the things I admire most about Kamala, she often, uh, she often talks about her mom. Like uh, we all talk about her mom, like I talk about my mom. And, uh, and like I'm getting a lot to talk about my mom these days. <laughs> Moms are always with us, no matter what. I okay. Did I lose something there? No. Not. No idea Did what I that miss meant. it? <laughs> nope. What? I don't know what he meant. I don't know. Every time he just starts looking away from the teleprompter, you know some White House staffer ages by another 10 years. Yeah. Well, I think the sentiment he was going after is something nice about moms, but, uh, you know, I respect you so much of all of your accomplishments because you talk about your mom a lot. <laughs> what? Anyway, then he goes on. I know well celebrating Diwali about a few years, days ago. It was also Kamala's birthday. Oh, see? You celebrate this night, huh? She turned 30. Oh, we're punchline. And happy birthday, a great president. Uh, we know uh, your mom's always with you. Yes. All the time. <laughs> a great president. There, there's some presidential aide who people mistake her for Nancy Pelosi all the time, even though she's 23. 
And it's just because she ages every time Joe Biden speaks. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like in two weeks she's going to look like just a raisin. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, and there it is again. And I'm sure you're not going to see a whole lot on that, but I don't even know what that meant. Okay. A lot to get to. Um, student debt forgiveness. The White House clarifies Biden's claim about that. And Adidas ends Kanye West partnership all the way right here. Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Biden had talked about student debt forgiveness. Yeah. And said, hey, you know, these people with education, they're better off for our economy. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Some of you jamokes that didn't go to college and want to pay for their education because it's going to do you better in the long run. There you go. Well, he didn't actually say that, but that's sort of what you took away from it. I mean, well, am I wrong to d- no, take no, that no, away from what he said? Well, I mean, no. It's a direct quote from what he said, yeah. Yeah, he said, who's going who's gonna to be better for the economy, these guys or an educated population? Right. But there was another dubious claim he made, and this was over the weekend with that liberal outlet, Now This, mm-hmm. where he said that it passed through Congress. Oh, yeah. By just a couple votes, right? Yeah. So the White House has to clarify? Yeah, a little bit. Well, this okay. is the clip. It's, pa- it's it. passed. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. Yeah. And it's in effect. And already a total of, I think it's now, 13 million people have applied for that service. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Now, now join me on this clarification journey because it's a two-step process from this White House, which is filled with incompetent rubes. Uh, the White House sent out a statement saying, well, the president was referring to the Inflation Reduction Act which reduced the deficit by hundreds of millions of dollars, creating room for other crucial programs. As you know, no Republicans voted for the Inflation Reduction Act in the House or in the Senate, where it passed by a single tie-breaking vote by Vice President Harris. That's not what Joe Biden said, though. Joe Biden said he got student loan debt forgiveness passed through Congress. Now, they actually had to clarify the clarification because they said, well, the White House official clarified they meant to say billions, not millions, in the statement. <laughs> he's done at the end of this he's done boy you really I, I i'm more and more convinced of it as time goes on because you're starting again you're hearing a little bit more about hunter from mainstream media you're yep. hearing a little bit more about age from mainstream media it's yes. little by little by little and then man if democrats get completely shellacked especially if they lose the senate because you know, it's not guaranteed one way or the other whether Republicans will take it or not. And the House is pretty much baked in. Republicans are going to take the House. The Senate's in play, but we don't know how it's going to fall. Um, but, man, if if Republicans take over both chambers of Congress, it is going to be knives out for Biden. You are going to see think piece after think piece in mainstream media about mm-hmm. how, Joe. you know, Joe Biden seems to have lost a step a little bit. And it's a recent development, okay? <laughs> I know we said right. it was a stutter for the last three years. But this is troubling. This is very troubling. Yes. 
I want to hear that clip again from yesterday because that was With crazy wild, to me. wasn't it? And you're not going to see this, any legacy media. You know that. They thought it's okay for them to get that relief for their business. But you breaking your neck and getting caught in the middle of a crisis, you can't get any relief for the debt. And guess who's going to grow the economy more? An educated public or those guys? Wow. Unreal. It's about class, isn't it? That's Lunch Pail Joe. Oh, there's an update, too, on something. Not a huge deal, I guess. Uh, who's that guy, David, from NBC that interviewed Biden? Gay part? K-part. Uh, uh, K-part. Yeah. Okay. So he's talking to Biden, right? And I mentioned this yesterday, and it's it's a visual thing, but Biden nodded off during the question. Yes. And that's when K-part said, oop. Like, oh. Yeah. He didn't know how to react. Okay. And so I guess originally this aired on Joy Reid's show where she laughed. And I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. It's my intention up. to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Okay. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. And this is where he nods off. Mr. President. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, and his eyes are still not fully open. He's kind of. Mm-hmm. That I. Uh, that, that we're. That we're doing something very important it's like you're dozing off and you're barely just trying to keep it together so during that dude's show later on the weekend he cut that part out huh. are he you cu- yes are you serious yes i just saw it this morning cut they, it out they, they cut it out wow. they don't want him to look like he's nodding off that's not good i would have given that guy 10 bucks if he went hey <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, you uh, maybe have heard that Adidas has ended its partnership with Kanye West over his anti-Semitic remarks. Um, I guess there's a lot of pressure on Adidas to do this. Um, He made a lot of different statements in a short amount of time. Yeah. And they, they seemed to get crazier as it went. Yeah. And so, you know, you're talking about... Millions on billions of dollars with that Yeezy brand with Adidas. So you know how Nike's been on the hot seat at different times with different people, and they, they're going to stand by their people? Yeah. This was too much for Adidas. And it was, again, man, worth a whole lot of money. I think General Mills should step in and make a cereal. <laughs> Yeez have a big bowl of crazy <laughs> <laughs> for breakfast every day. <laughs> So I don't know if he's going to take the Yeezy collection somewhere else, you know, do the apology tour. Oh, I don't see him doing an apology tour. For the, didn't he sort of walk back that his statements went went too far, something like that? Probably. I don't know. I, I just kind of I, I gave up on the whole thing because he's clearly in a manic episode. Because he's mentioned a couple of years ago, he's bipolar. Yeah. I mean, that's why he ended up in the hospital. Um. And again, you got to remember, he doesn't go by Kanye West anymore. Yay! Right, he goes by Yay. That classic <laughs> clip of Scott. Oh, I was looking. I was looking into the future. You were at that time. Mm, yeah. Um, anyway, Adidas said the actions were unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness. Sure. Okay. Oh, you got to hear MSNBC get fact checked by Trump supporters. This is great. Straight ahead.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. If you don't mind, could we just take a moment and reflect on something? What's that? Democracy almost fell on January 6th. No, it didn't. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> It was a violent coup. <laughs> yep. And if we lose our democracy, what's any of the rest of this going to be? <laughs> now, 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 I don't have a PhD in coup theory, but generally speaking, my understanding was that people who are actively trying to commit a coup don't just kind of wander off. Well, no. But this was different, man. Yeah. This was like 70 chess that the insurrectionists were playing yeah. on that day. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the rash of coups that's happening in different African republics. Yes. But uh, generally, it involves very menacing-looking dudes in balaclavas and with guns showing mm -hmm. up on the state-run television and saying, we run the country now. That's usually how it happens, yeah. yes. Just, yeah. It's not, uh, you know, someone's grandparents there to be a part of a peaceful protest and doors were held open and they walked in. I saw it's the usually uh, not the way it goes. Did you see the Babylon Bee headline? January 6th, the musical. And it's, it's got Chewbacca guy with his mouth open. Oh, that's great. I have to look that up. The bee is the best. Oh, man. man. Yeah. yeah, Chewbacca guy. Yeah, the QAnon shaman. <laughs> January okay, 6th. so this was great on MSNBC. <laughs> They're calling it the Kuzik Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so MSNBC did a focus group with Trump supporters, and it didn't go well because the reporter tried to shame them into submission about the Capitol riot, and they actually had to fact-check her, the reporter. Uh, these are voters in Pennsylvania, and the reporter says, well, you know, Republican candidate for governor Doug Mastriano was at Trump's rally that day. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching. One the insurrection? <laughs> That's right. When did that happen? <laughs> one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. So, yeah. I mean, I... They opened the gates So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no, no. if they no, participated in January 6th? He didn't, he didn't strike anybody? He didn't hurt anybody? Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police An unarmed officer. female veteran. Which That's the only one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. That's not. That's, that's not, not on site. Yeah, I mean that's that seems pretty newsy, right? That somebody whose job it is to be interviewing people about the riot right. at the Capitol last year would know that no, a police officer was not actually killed in the line of duty. They bring up like, oh, there were five police officers who died, and and tragically, there were police officers who took their own lives in the weeks yep. or months afterward, but. Again, you sad, man. It's terrible. You don't know for a fact that the riot had anything to do with it. You don't know what it was. You can make that assumption if you want to, but you, you don't know. And as far as Brian Sicknick, the dude had a stroke. Yes, he did. And all of that's tragic, but that doesn't mean that Trump supporters killed these people. Right. I mean, think of all the cops that committed suicide after the riots of the summer of 2020. Oh, yeah. Are you going to attribute that to going through the riots? Give me a break. It's just hilarious mm -hmm. 
that it, it I mean, you, it's already well stated. You just said it. The reporter is getting schooled <laughs> by the people that she's asking questions. Well, oh, yeah. like she doesn't know. They cannot comprehend why we don't care. No, they can't. They can't wrap their head around the fact that this isn't the number one issue of the campaigns. They, can, they just can't. Everything else be damned. They cannot wrap their heads around the fact that January 6th is not a top of the mind and a campaign issue in, in this midterm. They can't. They, they, uh, the economy be damned. Inflation be damned. Border be damned. Lockdowns be damned. Schools. It's everything. Yeah. Okay. So then where does it go, David? Well, they all agreed that the people who rioted and people who were doing property damage, I think most people agree with this, they yeah. should be dealt with. They should be prosecuted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the whole thing is being blown way out of proportion. Okay. Anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less. Was the protest legitimate our, in your eyes administration, because... I feel like, is using it as their Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as. Mm -hmm. I was actually there. I, I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump a little dying. So did he tell everybody to go and, and start riding? No. I didn't think so. No, and it actually, um, I, I, I stayed for the whole speech, like a ton of people did. Mm -hmm. And then we all headed to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully let, peacefully, let our voices keyword. be heard. And we get to the Capitol and we're like, what the hell's going on? Because it had already happened. Yeah. There's a lot of people right. stories like that. I remember, right. Scott, you telling me that you knew people yep. who were at the rally. Yep. And they're on the bus on the way home finding out what was going on at the Capitol. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. But it's getting in the way of the narrative. And they've tried so hard to make this such a huge thing. I mean, with all of the televised events and everything else, thinking, well, how can you not see that this was an insurrection? Right. They, they, they can't, don't quite get it. They don't understand. Okay. And they won't, and they refuse to. I'll play you something. This is somewhat related. But I think you've seen the polling where people say, yeah, democracy is at risk. And if you're talking about Republicans answering that poll, it's the Democratic Party is the biggest threat. And the Democrats are saying the Republican Party is the biggest threat. So it, you're looking at each party as a threat to democracy, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if Stephen Colbert understood that it was both sides looking at the other side or if he just thought it's only Democrats that think that the Republicans are a threat to our democracy. But my goodness, they should be taking this more serious than they are. Again, insisting you must. Yes. yes. So this was from his show last night. So 71% believes democracy is in peril, and yet only 7% identified that as the most important problem facing the country. <laughs> kind of hard to fix anything else without a functioning democracy. <laughs> no one thinks that. Yeah. Okay. That it's the most important thing. Sorry, no. dude. And I, I wonder if the whole Democratic Party will shift this way. It's a threat to democracy. If you elect the Republicans, forget the economy. This is much more important. Ah. They, they already have. Yeah, they already have. Yeah. That's already part of the campaigning, the closing argument. Oh, my goodness. Well, what are they going to talk that, about? That dog's not going to hunt, man. No. I mean, what are they going to talk well, about? And Abortion and January 6th. End of story. Well, well yeah. That's it. You, you really can't 
talk about any threats to our republic and the structure of our country when you're the party that talks about packing the Supreme Court to get what you yes. want and circumventing Congress altogether or getting rid of the Electoral College or wanting to change the makeup of the, of the Senate to have it representative uh, in terms of population of every given state. Mm-hmm. Eliminate the filibuster. Well, not only that, talk about free speech. Right. And sticking the FBI on your opponents and working in concert with the tech companies to censor what you have to say in your opinions. Yeah. That's crazy. So his guest last night was Transportation Secretary Pete Boot Edge mm-hmm. Edge. Um, there was some fawning going on at the very beginning. Uh, I will tell you that if you want to hear wow. how much Stephen Colbert admires one Pete Boot Edge Edge. You're, 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 an, you're an excellent communicator. I thought you were a great candidate in in uh, 2020. And, uh, you know, whenever, you know, down the road you ever run for office again, whether it's, you know, two years from now or 18 months from now. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that there are 300 Republican candidates on uh, the ballot in just a few weeks who question the legitimacy of the last election and some who outright believe that it should be overturned? <laughs> right, right. Dude, did I hallucinate that whole movement at the end of 2016 where they were trying to convince electors to not vote for Donald Trump? Yep, you did not. Did I did I hallucinate years of Hillary Clinton saying Trump was an illegitimate president and she's back out now doing it again, doing it again, saying that Republicans are going to steal 2024. Yep. I know, man. I mean, to my knowledge, you haven't hallucinated since like 2009. Okay, so all of that yeah. would be intact. <laughs> and Stacey right, Abrams as as... loses again. We're well, going to had... hear the same thing. Yeah, I've had some flashbacks, but yeah, no. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a lot of acid. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, this whole thing. Oh, good. It's great. Dude, the Democrats have done that several times. It's been pointed out. And you, you have to know that, Colbert, I would think. But anyway, that's the talking point. And then Pete. Always taken a long time to say not much. When the, the, you saw the New York Times uh, poll, 71% of Americans believe the democracy is in peril. How do you run for office and uh, do so to a public that is losing its faith in the legitimacy or at least the efficacy of their vote? You can't make it up. They forget where they were yeah. after Trump won. My goodness. So... One of the most important principles in democracy oh, is that when you lose, you accept the outcome. And I've had to do that. Uh, winning is much more fun than losing. I've done both. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you lose, you accept the outcome. And the reason that's so important is because we expect the same thing from citizens in terms of policy decisions. Says the guy who went on and on and on about racist roads. Mm, I mean, right. come on, man. What the hell? This guy's entire shtick is about selective victimhood. Yes, it is. And how many nights did Stephen Colbert go out there and say that Donald Trump uh, was only president because Vladimir Putin put him there, that he was an installed president? When you lose, you have to accept that you lose. Up yours. Yeah, absolutely. Hack. Yes, I know. It's, it's crazy to me that they even go with that, but they do. By the way, Talking about <laughs> the outcome of an election, and this has happened again. Uh, Google's been caught manipulating uh, searches, burying GOP campaign sites in 
83% of the top Senate races. Oh, yeah. It's still going on. Um, they were able to find this by comparing the Google searches with DuckDuckGo and Bing searches. So, wow. Yeah. Still happening. We had that on the air just, uh, was that last week or maybe week before last? We were uh, Scott had mentioned a congressional race that he was following and uh, was making fun of one of the, of the Democrats' um, uh, campaign ads. So I typed in the, the candidate's name, right. campaign ad, YouTube, into Google. And sure enough, here's his campaign ad. I did it for the Republican as well. And all it was was left-wing attacks against her. Yeah. <laughs> they man- yeah. It's obvious how they manipulate this stuff. If you look up a Republican, a lot of times, not in every case, but a lot of times, uh, you will see only negative stories about them highlighted at the top of the search. Whereas if you just type in your average Democrat, uh, you're going to see nothing but positive and ca- stuff straight from their campaign. Wow. Yeah, the founder and president of the Media Research Center said Google's got to be investigated for trying to sway the election. First, researchers caught Google red-handed by proving Republican campaign emails were sent to spam. They're doing that again. And now uncovering Google manipulating search results to hide Republican campaign websites and promoting Democratic ones. And then they, they break it down. You can look up the study they did. It's really remarkable. They just lie all the time. Um, Oh, yeah. Speaking of lies, I mentioned this earlier. The 15 most common lies people tell. And then will you admit to using any of these lies? Now, if you're playing along with us, you can, you know, you don't have to tell anybody, but you can count, you know, mentally in your head how many it is. Okay. I mean, I can just rapid fire all like 15 of them. Sure, if you want. Okay. We should do that. Yes. And man, things are looking red in Georgia. Latest numbers there, straight ahead. All right. The Marthy Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Marthy, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, Trafalgar Daily Wire Poll. Trafalgar is usually pretty good. Uh, They've got, (laughs) wow, Uh, bad news for Democrats in Georgia. Brian Kemp commanding seven-point lead over Stacey Abrams. Well, it's fixed. (laughs) And, yes, Herschel Walker, now an average of, is it 2.3% over Raphael Warnock. Somebody sent me something the other day that had uh, Stacey Abrams has the winner of the parliament election in the UK. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people didn't think this was even possible. I'm, I'm for glad about Herschel this. Walker. Yeah. I mean, I, well, two weeks ago, I would have said no. Well, I remember thinking, you know, it's kind of weird to think that Kemp was almost a lock to, to stay as governor. Yeah. And uh, against. Uh, Stacey Abrams, and I'm wondering how is it possible that a Republican could win the governor's race, but wouldn't also sort of drag the Republican across the finish line for a national election? Hmm. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about the Herschel Walker thing because it was predicted once the 
you know, possibly paid for a woman's abortion yeah. years ago, that was going to be the end of him. No. I, all I could think is, if you're a pro-life person, would you rather vote for the person that is pro-choice now or the guy that paid for an abortion, if that were true, that is now pro-life? <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy. Interesting, yeah. No one ever put it that way. No. To me, that was just common sense, but hey, whatever. Um, I mentioned the 15 most common lies uh, people tell. And we just, you don't have to say it, you know, that you do this or not, feel free, but you can play along. I'm sure I don't do any of them. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. One, I forgot. I just lied again. What? I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. I am listening. (laughs) I'm busy then. Yeah. Nice to see you. Yeah. I haven't got any change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. People use that all the time. They don't know what to say, but I'm not giving you any money. Right. Um, or I've got no money. Oh, I got stuck in traffic. Oh, I'm so sorry, Blake. It's traffic. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened there. I have no idea. People do use that a lot. Um, no, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> that meal was nice. Dude, that's a tell, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. delicious or it's not. Right. I got a headache. Oh, yeah. And then the favorite. Man, that email must have went to my junk folder. I don't know what happened. (laughs) This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. Thank you so much for being here. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It was interesting. My son said to me last night, we were just saying, hey, how was your day? Fine, how was yours? He mentioned a teacher to me, um, and he's, I don't want to give his name. We'll just put it this way. He said he would, I haven't seen him that mad, I don't know if ever. Like, what is he mad about? It? So he saw a story about test scores across the country. Mm-hmm. Like, that were way behind. Yep. Like, in almost all the grades. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely true. And a lot of that because of the lockdown. Oh, yeah, he was saying these governors and everything, they shut it down. You knew this was going to happen. And it was almost a reminder to me that some of the teachers across the country were not down with all of this yeah. when it was happening, thinking this is stupid. we got to get kids in the classroom or we're going to be way behind. And we're seeing <laughs> – I mean, it's an ugly picture of where we're at right now with education. You know, I think about this, and I think about when I was in school, I would have gone back to my parents and said, well, everybody's down. Well, uh, yes. It's not my fault. <laughs> so you'd, you'd be looking at the silver lining here. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, it's different if you're a kid. Look at me. Look, I know I know it's D's and F's, but hey, <laughs> what do you want me to do? But the former Online a, learning sucks. But the old A students are now getting C's and D's, so if you yeah. look at it, technically right. I'm a B student. Okay, right, I'm right in the middle, right there in the middle, Mom. That sweet, sweet part in the middle right there. 
But if you're a parent and you want the best for your kids, it's yeah, not it's good. Problem. Yeah. yeah, it's really yeah. not good. We got new data showing that kids have gone backwards in their education. Not hard to figure it out. Uh, closing schools down was devastating to a system that already wasn't really functioning all that well. No, and, you know, I, you got to be careful to say something like that just because it isn't one unified school system that we have in this country. It's a whole lot of school districts operating as their own independent bodies. But you see it in a lot of major cities and a lot of major school districts, that system is not working well for students, which is one of the reasons why you have really seen a rebirth of the school choice movement. Oh, goodness, yes. Because people are saying, okay, we got to get our kids out of government schools if they are failing us. Um, well, dude, there's even some Democrats that are starting to jump on board with that because oh, yeah. they see parents are not happy. No. Well, I saw that load J.B. Pritzker in Illinois. Yes. Was was suddenly kind of on board with this voucher system. Yes, because he's heard from enough parents, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you've also got a teacher shortage now uh, that we've been dealing with. So the education secretary, Miguel Cardona, was on CNN and was told about a teacher in Arizona who has 70 kids in their class. 70 kids. Holy smokes. Okay. That example is a symptom of decades of underinvestment. If we're going to get our students to where they should be in America, leading the world, we really need to take this issue seriously. Uh, past the pandemic, we need to think about how we're investing in our schools. I don't buy it. Sorry, man. Well, what needs to happen here clearly is to keep abortion legal because less kids in school means better education, <laughs> right? Well, that's one answer. There you go. But there are a lot of teachers that left the industry, not just because of money. That might have been a factor, but that wasn't it. No. a lot. I mean, I just, speaking from personal experience, who, who knows teachers and some who have left the profession or mm -hmm. know people who have left the profession, it's not just burnout uh, and it's not just the pay. They're leaving because they don't like what they're being told to teach and they can't discipline kids. It's those two things more than anything else. So, what I hear, so, the, the, it's the kids get away with pretty much anything they want. They can't discipline, and you're right. It's you're asking me to teach this. I don't want to teach this. I don't feel right about teaching this. Yeah. So they leave. Yep. Now I, I think it's interesting though uh, that he says, "Well, we just have underinvested in education, even at a time when what is it? Is it K through 12 on average? You're talking about fifteen thousand dollars per student per yeah, student. Per yes." Student. That's a lot of money. Where's that money going? Well, yeah, dude. And in some of the lowest performing schools get even more money per kid. Right. So when he was pressed on it, though, he admitted that there is already a ton of cash flowing into the school system. That kind of kills his message. Yeah, it does. I think what, what we can do right now is make sure that we're utilizing the funds that we currently have. We have more money in education now than at any other point when I uh, as an educator for me. We need to make sure we're utilizing the funds for academic recovery. Okay. Holy smokes. <laughs> Apparently you haven't been educated on negotiating. Did that light bulb just go off about needing to know where the money's going? <laughs> right. I just now figured that one out. Well, well. I mean, in the last couple of years, we, you know, our federal government has uh, plied the school systems with uh, hundreds, hundreds of billions of dollars. So, like, yes. where, where's that money going? We should have a top-tier education system in this country with the money that's already allocated. We should. Oh, something else that's going on in the campaign trail right now. Crime's a big issue with people. There's no doubt about it. But apparently, if you bring crime up, you are, in fact, racist! 
That's right, because it's racist to bring up crime. And Carrie Lake, who's running for governor of Arizona, doing very well, you know, she was part of the media, part of the news media, and so she knows the whole game, and she just doesn't put up with it. And so she's being asked a question about, well, people of color are concerned when people bring up crime and, and what, it, what it could mean for them. And, man, she does it again and just shuts down the reporter. A lot of people of color feel like they're A lot of people targeted. of color. A lot of people of color. How many people of color have you talked to about that? I mean, if you look at surveys. Um, Which surveys? I'm happy, to, I'm happy to look at those stats. So, because so, I will tell you this, that I talk to people of color. I talk to all Arizonans. They're all concerned about the crime. Just because your skin isn't the same color as yours doesn't mean you want your kids to be walking down the street in an unsafe neighborhood. Every Arizonan wants safety and security in their neighborhood. Okay, I want to stop there for just a second. What, what studies? I'd be glad to look at them. What are you talking about? You're just saying, well, there are people saying. What people? Right. Who do you talk to them? Who yeah. are they? It's one of my just, pet peeves, man. That is one of my pet peeves. People are saying, well, what people are they? Let me talk to them. Well, they're, well, they're pe- people. People on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. The, the only people who are really saying that are folks on CNN or MSNBC because, or in academia. Yeah. Because Correct. if you look at polling, actual data, actual surveys, crime is one of the top issues among all demographics. Of course. Yes. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. And, I, and if you look at stats, you will look and see that, that police do not target people of color. That by is- the way, part of her staff is standing behind her. Right. Including people of color that are nodding their head. Yes, mm-hmm. she's telling the truth. That is a lie that's been perpetuated by the left and then spread and disseminated and re-spread in the media. Check the stats. Okay, you know, you always got to be careful putting any sort of faith in a politician. Okay. I feel myself putting more faith in Kerry Lake. I can feel it. I feel like I could get let down at some point. You got to admit, though, she's handling all this stuff oh, yeah. I mean, better than most. Well, she's showing you how to handle it. Can you think of a better example no. of how to handle well, it she than knows what she's put on so far? I mean, one example? She knows the evils of that swamp. She knows. Yes, but you can know the evils of it, but not be able to turn an argument around like that and do it in a way... Um, that has a ton of backbone yeah. without going too far over the edge. She was swimming in it, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. But still, that's, that's I mean, a she's, skill. She's outstanding. It's a master class every time she addresses the media. Every time. I agree. Um, of course, DeSantis does very well. Well, yeah, he does. So does Christina Pushaw. You always mention her. She's great, man. Are you kidding me? From Florida. The tweet master. Yeah. Who will be the press secretary when President DeSantis takes over? Oh, we're, <laughs> you haven't made enough bad predictions so far this year. You're going for a one and two years from now? I'm saying now, yeah. I'd be fine with I'm, that. I'm waiting for that momentum from Uncle Joe to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of DeSantis, Florida's Hispanic voters are backing him over his opponent. And also support sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And that was actually done by the left-leaning Telemundo LX News poll. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by that? Nope. I'm not either because we've yeah. been seeing a lot of this for quite a while. Well, and, and, and dude, 
the thing is, is that some of the biggest lefties with bigger with big platforms are constantly shooting themselves in the foot when this topic comes up, when it's about Hispanics and polling, because it's always, well, you know, Hispanics can also be white supremacists. I mean, there, there is a story about how Ron DeSantis is so popular mm-hmm. with Latinos in Miami-Dade that he might actually win that area, which would be a huge turnaround. Deep yes. blue area. Might actually win. Uh, and Joanne Reed on MSNBC responded to that by saying, quote, this wouldn't surprise me at all. The Proud Boys have all but merged with the Miami-Dade Republican Party. Sociopolitically, Florida is basically morphing into Brazil. <laughs> Jamel Hill. Oh, that's piles he's on. also insane. Yeah. That proximity to whiteness is a real thing. Also wow. reminds me of an adage I heard long time ago about how the oppressed begin to take on the traits of their oppressors. <laughs> Again, it couldn't possibly be wow. that a group of people are looking around and saying, you know what, maybe these other people have solutions for the problems in my life. Maybe I want to roll the dice with them now. Can't possibly be that. It's they're brainwashed or stupid, period. Well, yeah, I mean, these people, the two you just mentioned, they're race hustlers. They peddle race. That's their gig. Without it, they have no job. I think you're discounting religion in this, too. Faith, faith-based Hispanics. Well, sure. Yeah, I Who I aren't agree down with, with about 80% of what you're churning out. No. They're not. We talked about that for a yeah, long no, time. But, but I, if I you're mean, Jamel Hill, I mean, if someone starts to call it out for what it is, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden you don't have job security. Right. And all of a sudden, well, black people are capable of white supremacy. What? Right. Yeah. Because they they think conservatively, yeah. so that makes them a white supremacist? Mm-hmm. How about you're a nut? Speaking of nuts, oh, my gosh, Matt Walsh, wherever he goes to speak, you know there's going to be the kooks that are out there to protest, yeah. right? Matt Walsh from Daily Wire had the documentary, What is a Woman?, which I thought was fantastic with the way he really takes the whole trans issue and bring light, just brings light to it and how academia is involved with all of it and just what a farce it is. So he is (laughs) at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and there's, you know, all these protesters outside. It's the Young America's Foundation. They were hosting the speech. And so just to give you an idea, one of the unhinged protesters is speaking this nonsense. And what's funny is there is a white girl standing right next to her. She is a person of color and another one standing behind her. And I guess they just agree with what she is saying. But again, Walsh is there to talk about the trans issue, but they put, they call him a Nazi and say he's racist too. And that includes an organizing spaces because so much of the time, organizing spaces are dominated by white people who don't give BIPOC voices a chance to speak. White people stop being bleeping racist. (laughs) There's not enough space for people of color to talk and communicate. What? Has this been a thing for a while? I hadn't heard of that before. But white people, you need to realize your positionality. You need to realize the space you take up. And you need to realize how hard it is every single day for five up people. Oh, well. It's hard it's every a great communicator right there, too. Just on uh, that campus. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If you're a person of color, you, you, it's just hard. How? What are you talking about? 
I don't think that's resonating with people. It's all I hear. Okay, uh, we're being gaslit again from the White House. Uh, you'll like this straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, how is the White House gaslighting us today? Well, there, there. I mean, there's too many options to pick from. One way that okay. they're doing it. Uh, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says all of the economic progress we've seen in this country will go away if Democrats lose in the midterms, which is the greatest ad Republicans could ever hope for. Oh yeah. It's it's like what economic progress people have gone backwards on average losing somewhere around forty five hundred to five thousand dollars a year just because of inflation. Wow. Okay. Let's hear this. Yeah, here she is. Um, hmm. Uh, But it's very clear. If you think about what Democrats want to do, if you think about what uh, congressional Democrats and this president have already done, lower costs, uh, if you think about um, what we're we're doing with our economic policies, creating jobs, making an economy uh, that that doesn't leave anybody behind but builds it from the bottom up and the middle out, that is so incredibly important. And what congressional Republicans want to do is take that all away. Take like what away? Weird theories. We're getting shut out at halftime. But if we bench the current players, it's going to take away all our scoring. What? <laughs> Good one. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They're going to do away with all the positive gains we've made. What gains? We're behind. <laughs> Have you seen all the times we got to the red zone? Okay. <laughs> Look. Jeez. In this case, though, the team hadn't been in plus territory the entire half. It's one thing because she's got to go out there and sell tons of BS, which is not easy to do. Okay, She's also very bad at the job. And you get those two things colliding. Mm -hmm. It it reminds me of when she tried to talk about the border and the border was secure. This is like 27 seconds. But it kind of sums up her career to me because it, it has been a tough sell, but she's just not that good at it. Roll that. This is good. What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can uh, to make sure that um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, people keep um, coming through uh, to make sure that um, every day to make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter at the border be removed uh, or expelled. But you don't. Oh, there's an update out of the state of New York, David. Yeah, well, the well, one of the state Supreme Courts, their judiciary is kind of weird. Uh, but the one that represents, I think, Staten Island has now ruled that the vaccine mandate for uh, city workers is mm-hmm. illegal. And <laughs> those workers need to be rehired and get back pay oh, ASAP. Daddy. Now, again, when you hear New York Supreme Court, that's actually not the highest court in the state of New York. There's the Court of Appeals that they'll they'll probably be taken to. So the city of New York's probably going to be fighting this. Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. 
Biggest story of the day so far, David. Oh, man, again, uh, probably the biggest story of the day continues to be what we've seen with uh, test scores, with uh, our youth in this country, and just, again, those of us who were called grandma killers for thinking the kids need to be back in school, we were Mm -hmm. right. That's not a lot of comfort because you realize there's an entire generation left behind by these insane policies and in some places never-ending school closures. Uh, but look, man, I mean, we, we got a lot of work to do in this country to turn this thing around. This is bad. Well, I mean, I know. I always got to do like a silver lining. Parents have woke up and know what's going on now, and they're doing something about it. That's mm-hmm. the good news. Um, boy, you talk about inflation. There was a Democrat that said, you know who else worried about inflation? Hitler. <laughs> Next. Here we go. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial. And the sexy boomer is Scott Robbins. Uh, Scott, you'll be happy to know Hillary's back. <laughs> she's yapping again. You're like Night of the Walking Dead here? What? Yeah. Why? She's what? She's a future election denier. Yeah. Well, yes. Apparently, Democrats have something called Crush the Coup which is a conspiracy theory organization that claims a coup is underway at the ballot box because that's how coups work. Most witches do have a uh, crystal ball. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's basically their version of stop the steal uh, is what I'm kind of getting at here. Uh, Hillary Clinton just cut a video address for them. Okay. But this is the first one I can remember that's like way ahead of an election? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's have fun with this. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. She's running. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election Mm -hmm. could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, Mm. many of them Republican controlled. How can you sleep at night? so what she's talking about here, and I, I love this because I've seen a lot of bedwetting over this case that's in front of the Supreme Court now. It's Moore versus Harper. Okay. Um, and what it is. And again, she's she's counting on people not actually reading the fine print and not actually understanding what this case is and what it isn't. Right. But uh, this has to do with congressional maps drawn in North Carolina, which were struck down by the state Supreme Court. Now, there's a lawsuit arguing what's called the independent state legislature theory. Basically, the argument is that state courts cannot change how a state legislature designs things like maps or how the elections are managed because the Constitution technically and literally just says that rests in the power of the legislatures, not state government, but the legislatures themselves. So that's the theory. 
and that's what's being tested. So there, the the idea of what Hillary Clinton is saying is that if the Supreme Court agrees, then only state legislatures would be making decisions when it comes to managing elections, and if they could refuse, to, or they could theoretically refuse to certify the results of a presidential election. But that fear ignores the fact that Congress and federal courts still have authority over those state legislatures and also ignores that Democrats literally mounted a campaign to try to get electors to not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Of course. You know what it reminds me of? Because, as you said, she is counting on people not reading the fine print, yeah. like going by a headline, something like that. It reminds me of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah. Because you could see a whole lot of people, you know, when people are going, doing on-the-street sort of interviews, there were a whole lot of people that thought abortion is going to be illegal across the United States. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Well, no, it means it goes back to the states. Yeah. Well, and then, and so you saw it. Democrats are thinking, hey, we, this is a winter issue for us. Let's run on this. Not realizing in the polling, when you're talking about Democrats, most are for limits. Mm-hmm. At some point, yeah. whether it's 15 weeks, they're, they're for limits. Did they not think that one through? No, they didn't. And, and like with this one, with, with what's up uh, at the Supreme Court that Hillary Clinton's freaking out about, the reason the left is really freaked out is not because they think that a state legislature is going to overturn an election magically. What they're terrified of is the Supreme Court comes back and says that what happened in 2020 can never happen again, meaning a secretary of state can unilaterally change the way an election was administered okay. in defiance of the state legislature. They are worried that they're not going to be able to cheat. Well, if I were them, I suppose I'd be worried, too. Okay, let's get to the audio. Who said that someone else worried about inflation? That was Hitler. Did they really say this? Who is it? Yeah, yeah. So Matthew Dowd, he's a failed political consultant who left the Republican Party, then briefly ran for office in Texas. Remember this joker? He said he's running for he was running for lieutenant governor, I think, in order to lift up black and brown voices. And then graciously stepped aside because he realized that he, as a white man, needed to do more listening. This guy's pathetic. He's a a pathetic person. Uh, And really, he bowed out because nobody cared. Right. Well, he's still welcome uh, on MSNBC. And if you're apparently going to vote for the economy, you're basically like Germans supporting the rise of Hitler. Oh, Okay, I'm not calling. uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever. But it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens. Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, Uh, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy. And they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. (laughs) Like that. Based on what? Oh, yeah. Weenie. And, and who's going to become president with a third of the vote? Also a good question. How does That's that a great work? question. Exactly. Yeah. It, map that one out for me. How, where is that ever going to happen? This is real desperation, man. It, I know we're a couple of weeks away. <laughs> it's trying to scare the crap out of people. Yeah. That, that makes no sense. If you're worried about inflation, you, sorry, but you're basically a Nazi. I'm not calling you explicitly a Nazi, but you're on the slippery slope to becoming literally Hitler. I mean, it's like, 
I, I don't know. They, they just throw this comparison around, and I've said it for years. It's like anytime you're going to start comparing a modern politician to Hitler, take a breath, count to 10, and don't. Because this is well, ridiculous. Sure, it's easy for you to say. You know, Hitler liked eggs and sausage for breakfast. I notice you do too, David. <laughs> it's like next time Pete Buttigieg is talking about public transportation. You know who else liked trains? <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid. Let's not even get into wearing a mustache. (laughs) Oh, golly. Okay. Did you guys happen to see the story about the climate nuts at the University of Pennsylvania? No, yeah. Going on the field at halftime the other day? I hadn't seen the story until today. So I looked at it and I saw a bit of the footage. The first thing I noticed, it was, again, the University of Pennsylvania's homecoming against Yale. It's like nobody there. Oh, no. You know, so anyway, like, oh, I'm thinking about this college football game, this homecoming game that's delayed for over an hour because these protesters go on the field, you know, with their big orange banners with slogans like divest. You know, you've got to stop investments in fossil fuels. That's what the school needs to do. That's what they're protesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, And so they catch up with one of the protesters. And she's talking about it. And I think she says it's one of the most powerful moments of her life because of what she, she was in the stands. And so she comes under the gate, which is, you know, I think pretty much anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. And then just goes out there on the field. And then they're holding their signs and they're chanting. But it was very important to her. Uh, so I was definitely scared. I, I like slid through. I don't even I just ran. Um, I I don't remember. I I know I was yelling at people to like get in some sort of formation. Um, I think the like on the field doing chance was probably one of the most like powerful moments of honestly my life. <laughs> no, I just feel sad. Uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. That th- that's a girl who just is still bent out of shape because she didn't make the cheer squad in high school. It could be. There could be some issues there. Mm-hmm. But it's about the climate, okay? Really. That's what, yes, that's what it's about. And fossil fuels, you got to end it. And they had their chant. And I got to say, for University of Pennsylvania, you got to be pretty smart to get in that school. That's what I'm told. Very creative chant. You ready? Yes, that's they, right. They should have just sent the team out there and Dude. just start playing around them. Yeah, no, through them. Through them, right, exactly. But Yes. Yeah. Is That's exactly what I was thinking. We have a dwindling population in this country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on if you want to hear some more wisdom. I would love to. I bet you would. We thought, like, this escalation was necessary. Like, we know Penn can be a force of good for the community. Um, and there's a lot of alumni at this game. Um, and we want to show, like, the people in power that... We aren't stopping until they like are a force of change and a force of good for the Philly community, for the West Philly community, for students and for neighbors. Yes, because fossil fuels are going to end us all. Okay. Okay. Can we stop with all of this with the fossil fuels? If you want to transfer more green over time, if that makes sense, that's possible. But this wholesale change... I don't know how many times you've talked about it, David. It's not really green energy. No. I've heard people call it dirty green. And, man, I heard a report today. I'll make it short. But it's wild. Because you know for electric cars, 
for solar, okay, with those batteries, you need a certain type of battery, okay? In that battery is cobalt, okay? Where do you get the cobalt? It's from the Congo. Who gets it? It's kids as young as eight. And they basically will give them a rope and they go down into, you know, a pit that's been dug. And then they, they're with their bare hands getting the cobalt out and then washing it off. It's child labor that then China takes to build the batteries. Okay, not to mention the way China gets it. Everything needed for batteries for this new green universe, which is dirty because what do you think it takes to get in the ground and get all this stuff? So you're okay with the child labor? It doesn't make any sense, but no one knows it. Let me suggest a new chant. Hey, hey. Ho, ho, baton to the head is the way to go. There you go. <laughs> the last thing. Like these demands are urgent and needed. Like these demands are urgent and needed. Yep. Okay. Vice Chancellor David Van Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Whack! And I'll get the whole story on the cobalt in the Congo. It, Dude, when I tell you what happens with these kids that have to work, it's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. Completely brutal. But yeah. and, and we know it as a nation. Yeah. Our leaders know it. They're fine with it. Okay. Oh, saw this on a lighter note. Top rules we had as kids. And you're wondering, okay, is this something that you look back on and, wow, these were, you know, stupid rules to have? Or is this good? You had to do your chores. Yeah. 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 I think David did too. Yeah. That's 75%. Okay. You had a curfew. Yes. Yes, of course. That's also 75%. Because most people think parents today are less strict. Maybe they should be more strict. Mm-hmm. You had to go to bed by a certain time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 72%. You had to study and get good grades. Well, you had to put some effort in. At least. It was a recommendation. Yeah, right, right. Yes. There you go. Good good work. Well, I would say, David, you got the best grades of all of us. But, I mean, it was certainly a standard. Well, that's a low bar. <laughs> okay. This was crazy to me. No alcohol. Rule as a kid. Oh, yeah. 69% say their parents set rules or talk to them about it. That's it? I was surprised that it was not higher than that, at least from our well, generation. I was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you knew if you got caught, man, you were in serious trouble. Daddy-o, yep. I mean, the beer gum lie started because I did not want to get in that much trouble. I remember thinking I was going to run one night. That's it. I'm just going to run. I'm going to take my chances. (laughs) He may shoot me, but I'm going to run. It's easier than dealing with my old man if I get caught with boots. Yes. And then no smoking, 68%. Yeah. When you were a kid, it wasn't higher than that for most people? 100%. Absolutely. And there are rules about dating, rules like you had to get a job maybe in the summer, those sorts of things. And then you had to eat everything on your plate. Oh, yeah. And why did you have to eat everything on your plate? Kids are starving in China. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somewhere in the world, kids were starving. Yep. Okay. I, I asked said, one time, can I said, we pack it up and, and send, it? send it to them? Yes. Here, Mom. Here. Here's some Smart beats, Alex. kids. Here's some beets. Yes.
Uh, someone called their opponent an old donkey, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> Next. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so this was a highlight from the debate in Florida last night, David. Yeah, it, I, I, I like this a lot. So uh, Charlie Crist is the uh, Democrat running against uh, incumbent Ron DeSantis. And Crist is going all, out on a lot of limbs trying to, uh, I don't know, make his desperate campaign worth something in the end. He's not going to win. There's very, very little chance of that. Um, and he's trying to make this all about the 2024 presidential campaign, trying to get Ron DeSantis to comment on whether or not he'd plan on abandoning the governor's spot. Hmm. Okay. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking each other questions. Time? Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Sweet. You liked that, didn't you? Yes, I did. Hell Charlie man. Christ is a horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a bad guy. Just all around bad guy. Opportunist, jack wagon. No skill set to do anything other than what he's trying to do again. Well, earlier when David was talking about him saying DeSantis shut the state down, that's something, man. That, well, that's really well, something. It, it, and he didn't. No, dude. I can remember early <laughs> on in the pandemic, the governor. <laughs> I felt like I was the only person alive going, dude, you can still go to the beach. People don't even get that close to other people yeah. on the beach. Right. I'm well, getting notes. That's irresponsible. You want to kill people so they can go on the beach. Well, and, there, uh, and there were closures early on in Florida. Yes. But then DeSantis and his crew looked around and said, well, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do this. So we're not going to do this anymore. And he got shredded. Yes. Well, first they were shredding him for not closing them immediately right. because it rolled for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you set up shop on a beach within six feet of any person? Right. Well, the president called him a Neanderthal. Well, yeah, that's something. Jeez, man. People are on top of each other at the beach. <laughs> and he closes them. He opens. My goodness, I know. man. It's crazy. And we have 61% of people that think their cat or dog is smarter than the average person. It's a time to be alive. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, it does seem to be the desperate push right now for the left to say, uh, democracy is at stake in this election. January yeah. 6th. Uh. Okay, and Joe Scarborough going along with this? Oh, yeah, well, of course he is. Of course he is. So MSNBC did a focus group with Trump voters in Pennsylvania talking about the riot at the Capitol. 
and they all agreed that rioters should be punished, but that this thing is getting blown way out of proportion, uh, mentioning that in some spots the cops were actually letting people into the Capitol, that the only person actually killed during the riot was an unarmed protester, Ashley Babbitt, and that the riot started while Trump was still speaking. All of that stuff is true. But yeah, Joe the reporter doing the story was flummoxed by it. Yeah, and Joe Scarborough watched this and said, I, I just I don't know what to be, where to begin with these people. Okay. Nobody died except for a protester. There are four cops who died. Nope. It's disturbing no. to a lot of people, but I will tell you, this is what I hear all the time, personally. And you just, I just have to stop, you know, communicating on issues like this with friends if I want them to remain friends because they've been lied to. Uh, and they either they eagerly accept that lie or they've been duped. Four people were not killed. Four police officers were not killed during the riot. No, they were not. That That's just false. And, I mean, I know that now he's getting the vapors because people, oh, my gosh, he, they're saying that people were letting them in. They're blaming the Capitol Police. I mean, I just remember very clearly the day after, as we were trying to figure out what the hell happened, Yes. During the Capitol riot. Uh, even Scarborough was wondering what was going on with Capitol Police the day after the riot. Th- this is from the archives, January 7th, 2021. Okay. Nobody was ready. Or was it okay because they are white? If these insurrectionists were black, they would have been shot in the face. So I want to know from the Capitol Hill Police, what, what, what is it? Is it just white people? Trump supporters come in and you open the f- doors for them you open the doors for them and let them breach the people's house (laughs) what is wrong with you how could these trump supporters accurately remember the questions that we all had at the time (laughs) they've been lied to (laughs) thank you so much for that david oh my gosh man that is so great joe at that moment was so wanting to play the race card he didn't know it would come back to bite him so hard what if these protesters were black (laughs) says his horrible wife his head just gets higher every time he yells (laughs) he does does look like beaker he's got the high from the muppets yeah yeah Yeah. when he drops the f-bomb mm-hmm she has that reaction like she's somewhat mortified, but kind of proud for him sticking to his principles. Trump supporters come in and you open the f- doors for them. Oh. I'm getting hotter by the time. She wanted to take that man right now. When our, when our adult son's tutor comes over, I'm going to let you watch this time. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you just went over the edge. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Oh, 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 man. I'm just thinking it's this dork that's going to, and then it goes in a different place. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, that's something, though. Oh, buddy. So that's what it is. Wow. That says a lot, too, man, because the whole thing about this insurrection and the planned coup. And it seems like, at least his take at the time, the Capitol Police were in on it. Right. Boy, how quick. I mean, who's the brainwashed one here? Dude, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. But with that guy, yeah, I have no idea what is the truth. 
I mean, we can all have our opinions of what happened to that guy. I'm guessing he loves his life. He likes hobnobbing with all those people. He wants to keep that gig, and he'll say whatever he has to say to keep the gig. That would be my guess. Mm. It's sad, but I don't know how else to explain it unless he's just that nuts. You think he's that crazy? Well, he's married to Mika. Yeah, but I mean, that's part of the whole lifestyle that he, it makes him feel good and important. And hanging with the people that they hang with on the weekends. Oh, yeah, well, sure. You know, that sort of thing. Wow. Um, but we've also found out this from the desperate left. Hispanic voters that are now leaning Republican, they're white supremacists. That's what they, we keep getting told. They have some white supremacy in them. Mm-hmm. It's just unexplainable. But but there was some polling done that tried to explain it. This from WPA Intelligence, conservative polling firm, collaborated with Visto Media. That's on behalf of the Latino advocacy group, Bienvenido. Mm-hmm. So this is over 1,200 Hispanic voters. And 56% said they're frustrated with the current state of the country. We're on the wrong track. Yeah, not surprised. So... What they did in this was they would look at Pew Research from 2020, and at that time it was 38% supporting Trump, 59% for Biden. Okay? So now, in the last four years, Republicans have cut the Democrats' Hispanic margins by nearly half. That's significant. Huge. So why is it? Okay? Did they take a drink of that white supremacy Kool-Aid? No. What exactly happened here? Well, everything that goes bad in liberals' minds is 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 because of white supremacy or racism or Nazism or something. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's because there are a lot of Americans, regardless of skin color or ethnic background, who want to do well for themselves and their families. And Democratic Party policies are not driving those. Well, part of that, they said they do have conservative cultural leanings, this in the study, mm-hmm. like moral values, faith, religion. Such topics did not rank high in their priorities, but an overwhelming majority want to limit abortions to 15 weeks or less and think it's totally inappropriate for educational institutes to teach radical gender theory to kids or allow them to attend drag queen shows. Right. It's like, okay, it's not maybe the top priority, but hey, this is insanity. <laughs> Okay, or all out evil. Knock it off. I can understand that. Um, they also said there are a lot of these voters just frustrated with the economy. And then, also very interesting, with many left wing politicians and media outlets pushing the idea racism and discrimination cause people to fail. Check this. Most of the Hispanic voters surveyed said they reject the idea of victimhood and embrace the American dream. believe their problems and failures in life directly related to their actions, decisions, and circumstances. Well, that's white supremacy, we're told. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are told that. Accountability and the the idea of being able to take, you know, responsibility for your own life situation. That, Mm -hmm. I mean, they actually say that, that that is white supremacy. They do say that. I mean, it's wrong. Hispanics are not buying it. Right. They're just not. They believe in the American dream. But this is also interesting, the last part of this. Poll also revealed that many Hispanic Democrats still believe left-wing disinformation from Spanish-speaking media sources, such as 
The false narrative, police officers kill 150 or more unarmed black men every year. Oh, yeah. 150. Right. That the Supreme Court outlawed abortion in the nation. No. Talked about it before. No. A lot of people thought that happened. And that former President Trump called all immigrants animals rather than just referring to MS-13 gang members. Which is another lie. Of course he did. Of course it is. We heard him. Yes. We played the clip. Yes. So, really interesting. You know, I think there's been a common theme, and I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think this is true. Anytime you get attacked, if we're watching someone that punches back well, Mm -hmm. you admire that person. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. And Elon Musk has been punching back for a while. Yeah. And I thought this was actually pretty good. Chess legend Gary Kasparov. Yeah, Gary Kasparov. Yeah, the Russian grandmaster. Um, he was talking about the war in Ukraine because he's not a fan of Russia. And remember when Elon Musk just put an idea out there about a sort of a peace treaty? Mm-hmm. And then he got ripped on from a whole lot of people. So he was talking about that. And he had mentioned in this interview... Um, the cost is huge, but Ukraine is paying this cost. You know, so why are people sitting in the comfort of their mansions in Silicon Valley telling Ukraine how to conduct their own affairs? It's moral idiocy and geopolitical blindness. And so the interviewer said, hey, I just want to know who were you referencing there? Everybody knew it was Elon Musk, right? But he actually said, look, yeah, many. I mean, we start with Elon Musk. Unfortunately, the list is much longer. And I think it's, again, as I said in my tweet, it's moral idiocy and geopolitical blindness. Hmm. Okay. Uh, So then Musk went to Twitter and said, while it's true, Kasparov is almost as good at playing chess as my iPhone. He is otherwise an idiot. And I don't even own a house, let alone a mansion, you douche. (laughs) (laughs) So... So it's just the little slap there, but he ends it with you douche, which I suppose you could say, hey, man, that's juvenile. But notice how we all laughed at the same time because he actually said it. The only thing I would have added was checkmate, you douche. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, by the way, on the news front of that, uh, Elon Musk apparently has told uh, people managing his uh, his debt that he expects to close the Twitter deal on Friday. Oh, wait till you hear. I got a story on this coming up. In your trifecta? Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Love that. It's great. And another news update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. <laughs> David has fresh audio. Joe's yeah. just getting his 87th COVID shot. Yeah, Joe Biden is. Yeah, Joe yeah. Biden's getting his fifth uh, COVID shot, I believe, and he's encouraging everybody else to ju- just get one more, one more before the holidays, okay? All right. And if you're fully vaccinated, get one more COVID shot once a year. That's it. And if you get it, you're protected. 
And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. That That's not true. No, it's not. It doesn't. I, I mean, look, in some situations, yeah, that COVID shot could save your life. If you've got a pre-existing condition, if you've got uh, underlying health issues that make you more susceptible to uh, risk with COVID, then sure. But it doesn't stop you from getting COVID and it doesn't stop you from spreading COVID. Talking from what, at least two of the three of us on this show got yeah. the vaccines, got COVID. Got COVID. Yep. Sorry, suckers. <laughs> you, I got three see, of them. You, were, you got the doses that worked, Jamie. See, that's that what how, it was? Yeah. I don't know. You know, if Biden took it and then jumped out of the chair and just put together like this brilliant speech, everybody would line up to get it. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Um, The same guy that made the hard sell on gender affirming treatment of transgender kids yesterday. Like we're going to boy, you can trust Joe with his medical advice after the UK just said on Sunday, no more puberty blockers for kids. Why? The lawsuits are crazy in the U.K. because you have, well, this group of people that it's been predicted started to do the transition and then wish they didn't do it because they made the decision when they're like 12 or 13 years old. Yep. And who is in the position at that age to make that determination? It's beyond all logic. But if you say that, transphobe, you're just looking out for kids, you freak. It's your head on. Mm -hmm. You don't see all these people that are like, I made this huge mistake, and now there's no going back. And they say, well, puberty blockers, that's completely reversible. No, it's not. Your voice could change forever. Mm -hmm. You see those poor girls that have thought they were boys, and then they started taking testosterone and losing their hair in their late teens, early 20s? Yeah. It's brutal. Not only that, but then you get these young women who transition and they did testosterone treatment and all these other things and now are incontinent. They got to yes. wear adult diapers in their 20s, man. I mean, that's that's not that's not reversible. No. Scott starts to get uncomfortable when we talk about stuff like that. I, I do. I'm sorry. I can tell. Just... It's brutal, man. Well, it being is. the only one on the show who was in a position to wear an adult diaper for a while, I yeah, if you didn't know, Scott that's, had a couple of heart attacks in that, 2015. That's and, not and, good, man. And that's also, a, Scott used to be named Rachel. Yes. Now that part's not true. Sandy. If people they have just joined the Sandy. show. <laughs> you know what? On a lighter note, Hello. after all of that, mm-hmm. would you take the middle seat on a plane if there was a prize lottery for only people that chose the middle seat? Oh, hell and yeah. And if the prizes were things like a Caribbean cruise free flights, tickets to ball games. How long is the flight? Let's say it's two hours. I just got to sit in the middle seat for two hours. Yes. Yeah, I would. Okay. For two hours. That's what Virgin Australia is trying to do right now because people don't want to sit in the middle seat. No, who? I hate it. Trying to make it more appealing. So we'll see how that goes. And they're saying if it goes well, you can see this grow you know, around the world. Yeah, the middle seat is not good. No. no. I don't mind the middle seat. Why is that? Because uh, I like to sniff B.O. No, you don't, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you can easily make room for yourself by just kind of, you know, leaning over to one side and doing that. 
somebody's going to lean towards the window or the aisle, and you get extra leg room. It's nice. You can spread out a little bit. Man, I, I don't. I mean, I've done it before. I think we all have at I some point too, in time. But, it. yeah, um, I don't like that at all. If the flight's not full, you just put a couple of uh, cloves of garlic under your armpits, and someone's going to move. You get the whole <laughs> road to but yourself. But not when it's a packed plane, man. I hate it. Not on a whole packed you plane. Do you have to get up and go to the bathroom or something during the flight if it's a long flight? Oh, gosh. Yes. You know what's interesting? And we'll see how this goes from here on out. There was a school shooting yesterday in St. Louis. Yeah, I saw that. Jeez. A couple people dead. Yeah. And at first, I didn't think NBC was going to cover it this morning. There was a lead on Good Morning America. But the shooter in one of these type of shootings wasn't the same race that it usually is. So I wonder how this is going to be portrayed going forward. We'll see. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Big story of the day, David. Uh, Now the big story of the day, to me at least, is uh, Joe Biden out there saying, hey, everybody needs to get their COVID shots again because (laughs) we haven't heard that one before. I mean, listen, man, I don't know how at this point... You don't think, okay, so you have the White House along with the FDA, the CDC, in concert with the pharmaceutical companies. There are a lot of people that are not going to get that freaking shot. Yeah. I mean, the latest booster. What were the percentages now of people that are actually getting it? Oh, it's got to be minuscule. They're really low. It's, it's slow. All right. We've got a news update and the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the Robin Trifecta, and a few news update. David Van Camp. Uh, Joe Biden is on his fifth booster now, or his fifth COVID shot now, and saying, hey, everybody go out and get your fifth one because uh, it'll stop the spread of the coronavirus, even though it, it won't. So, I mean, in, in his situation, he probably should have this booster. He is what you would describe as an at risk individual. Absolutely. Uh, that part, that part, I understand. There was one part of this clip, though, that I don't understand, and I know you have a fresh piece of audio, but to just review this. And if you're fully vaccinated, get one more COVID shot once a year. That's it. And if you get it, you're protected. Okay, hold on. Are you talking about the new one? Yeah, that's I don't know. The Omicron, because if you got one earlier this year... That wasn't yeah. Omicron. That's not good enough. <clears throat> I guess, yeah, I guess it's the uh, Omicron-specific one, although the CDC director has the Rona right now after getting the Omicron-specific one about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but trust so, the science. It kept her out of the hospital and dying. Do we know that? I don't, I don't know that it, we know it's that. Possible. It, exactly. It's possible, no. but it's hard to know. Right. To David's point, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't know if that's true or well, not. We I, don't know that. No, I mean, because she seems, like, fairly healthy. Yeah. Like, probably not at a high... Remember, the hospitalization rate was still at the height of the pandemic was like 3 to 5% of people who got COVID. Yes. The vast majority of people never would go to the hospital. Right. 
So I don't know. I'm reminded of the what, what's the old story, right? Like I've got this rock and it keeps tigers away. Let me sell it to you for 200 bucks. <laughs> How do I know it keeps tigers away? Do you see any tigers around us right now? No. $200, well, please. Yes. Well, and last night they opened the news with this thing with the, the young young babies and kids are getting now. This was this oh, RSV. RSV. Yeah, that's RSV. been going around for a while. Yeah. And the flu and COVID. Yeah. A triple vaccination disaster, whatever. Yeah, Dr. Oh. Ja. Yeah. And the White House comes out there and says, the great news is we have, you know, two of those three covered with vaccines That's and you right. should get the vaccination. Yeah. Do you ever say, OK, what was the last step between 80 and 86 percent of kids have had it or have the antibodies? I've had COVID. Yeah. So does that run out? Because that's supposed to be more robust than the vaccine. Well, clearly it does run out. OK, so how do you know? Right. They never talk about it. I mean, the, R- the RSV thing for young kids is a very serious threat to them. Yes, it yes, is. absolutely. Way more than COVID ever was. Yes. At least by the stats that we're yeah. seeing. Oh, I remember when my son was born, that was a big fear. It wasn't even about COVID, but like you couldn't go into the nursery area on our, on our floor when he was still in the hospital waiting to go home. Uh, and that was because they wanted to keep as many people out of there as possible because that, that was going around. Makes sense. But he, okay. So the other clip, he is saying this is still a global health emergency? Yeah, the guy who said that the pandemic is over, over. is now saying it's a global health emergency. Okay. This is a global health emergency. If we really want to put COVID behind us, we have to keep up the fight together. We can't leave people to face it alone. Who's leaving them to face it alone? Mm. It's just words. Okay. Still a global emergency. All right. Okay. But the pandemic is over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's still a health emergency. But the pandemic is over. Okay. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. That was at the Detroit Car Show. Well, it was politically advantageous to say that at that time, but now we're back to its uh, health emergency. Well, his opinion has evolved. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's a great leftist talking it point. Is. Yes, yes. It is. All right, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's roll. Okay, here we go. Trifecta time. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins back here today. And you know who helps him out. Yeah. yeah. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. All right. Casey, not only Scott's top 40 hero, but hero in life. Say it again. His top 40 hero hero and hero hero in life. life. I'm ready. Okay. Three. (laughs) Well, we'll go to the Senate race in Pennsylvania. The uh, irregularly shaped potato in a hoodie, John Fetterman, is debating Dr. Oz in the Senate race. Yes, everybody's been talking about this, right? He avoided it for so long, and Mm -hmm. tonight the big debate actually happens. Uh, U.S. uh, Senate candidate John Fetterman squares off against Dr. Oz. Fetterman's campaign is demanding an accommodation for the candidate. Now, if you don't know, the candidate suffered a stroke earlier this year. This debate is unprecedented. There's never been, up till now anyway, a closed-caption political debate. 
He's going to get one tonight. He's going to get a little closed captioning machine that he can look at. The questions will appear there, and anything Dr. Oz said will also appear there. There'll be somebody doing that okay, for him tonight. Federman advisor Rebecca Katz, campaign manager, declared John has had a remarkable recovery, but the ongoing auditory processing challenges are real. The campaign insisted on closed captioning technology. Why? Because it's necessary. Isn't this like taking steroids to hit home runs? <laughs> well, I think... There'd be an asterisk next to his name. I think it's very wise for Dr. Oz to not publicly push back on this. I 100% Saying, like, agree. Like, look, we're going to give him whatever, pretty much whatever accommodation he needs. Yes. And that's how confident I am that I'm going to mop the floor with that guy. All I can think of, and maybe, Jamie, I, I see you digging in the archives. All I can think of, I don't know if you read my mind here. I didn't. Is is Donald Trump talking about Michael Bloomberg needing a box at the debate? Yes, <laughs> I I was not I was not looking for that. I was actually not thinking of that. Uh, but man, was that an all time classic! The only other accommodation they're making to Fetterman tonight is that he, they play Hotel California <laughs> when he enters the stage. <laughs> You know, now he wants a box for the debate. That's right. That's right. He wants a box. <laughs> Whoever heard of such a thing? A box. Okay. Before we move off of that story, yes, I'm trying to be honest with myself. I've tried to go down this line of thinking before, but I haven't done it in a while. Yes. And I'm trying to put myself in the position of a voter in this situation where the candidate that I want to win, and I like their platform, is in the shape that Fetterman is in right now. Mm-hmm. And would I vote for that person? Okay? Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, I might. Even though I don't think that they're really capable of doing the job yeah. that yeah. you really need to do. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the Senate and you're talking about one vote as far as policy for the country, I need that guy for that vote. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, what... you're, you're in Georgia right now, Okay. Mm-hmm. And and Herschel Walker is in that situation where he can't understand words. Would you want him to have the closed caption? Rather than Raphael Warlock? <laughs> yes. yes. And would you still vote for him in Fetterman's Gosh. Health? I'm just trying yeah, to be honest. Yeah, probably, but man. That's all I'm saying, I would man. say this is what we have. This is the best we have. But at the same time, if you're Gosh, in the situation dang. where... You don't want him to win. You're obviously pointing it out. He can't do the job. The thing is, we under... How do I say it? Okay, I know. I it's know. because I know. we have strong beliefs in what policies yeah. would be the best for the United States. There are a lot of independent voters that are like, ah, oh, man, I'm not sure because I like part of this platform, part of that platform. And if it's a decider, I think it absolutely is an issue. All I'm saying is that if we were faced with the same situation, I mean, we'd be hypocrites. That's it. Well, his campaign said they're prepared for Oz's allies and right-wing media to circulate malicious videos. It's not going to be malicious. It's going to be honest. We're going to show people what he he said. I know we'll have clips tomorrow. They're going to try to paint John in a negative light. Personally, I'm ready to be malicious. I'm just going to be honest as well because that guy's a dirtbag. I mean, not about his stroke, but that guy is a complete dirtbag. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And the way that he's run his campaign... 
the way that he has run his political career, the fact that he chased down a black dude with a shotgun because he thought he might be a criminal and has never really, had, on the national stage at least, has never really had to answer for that and, in fact, still stands by those actions. I, right. When we're supposed what to was it? To... Somebody stole something from him or something like that? Yeah, I, he, th- he thought he heard gunshots or something, and so then he just chases down a random black oh, guy, God. points a gun at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 that's not part of the national conversation on race, and and look, I, anyway, the guy's a garbage human being. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm prepared to be malicious. Okay, I'm gonna hack into that stenographer tonight mm-hmm. who's doing this and <laughs> just put up the lyrics to like Inagata De Vida or something. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes, we are. All uh, right. The Scott Robinson yep. effect, the top three of the day, up to, is it number two? Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, Twitter employees are demanding that Elon Musk not fire them. I know. It's so weird. I, I don't want to broad brush entire generations here, though. I hate doing that. I really do. The participation trophy thing. But the notion that the world revolves around you has got to stop right now. An unknown member of Twitter employees... A group of them are circulating an open letter to Elon Musk demanding they be allowed to keep their jobs, pick journalistic and geopolitical winners and losers, and retain all their employment benefits No, now. You're not in a position to demand anything. He already said 75% are going to be gone. You're fired, bum. <laughs> exactly. Right. We demand leadership to respect our platform and the workers who maintain it. No. By committing to preserving the current headcount of this building. No. That's not the way it works. Well, get the popcorn ready. This ought to be fun, man. Wow. Scott Robbins trifecta we top three of the day. Man, you don't fire me. <laughs> you can't. Well, you yeah, don't I, understand how the real world yeah, works. Well, I can because I've been the working company. at Twitter. But I demand it. So what? I'm going to sit on the floor and scream and throw a fit. <laughs> one. Okay, yeah, Gosh. we're up to number one. Dang. Uh, number one, a uh, Christian Baker is told he can refuse to bake a cake for a lesbian wedding. Yeah, Christian Baker can, in fact, refuse to make that cake for the same-sex wedding. In 2017, Kathy Miller, the owner of Tastry's Bakery and Boutique in Bakersfield, California, was approached to bake a customized cake for an upcoming lesbian wedding. Because the event conflicted with her Christian beliefs regarding the nature of marriage, she said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. However, she did offer the couple two alternatives. She could make them a generic pre-made cake that would not require her personal artistry, or she could recommend them to other bakeries, which would accommodate their request. Not enough. We're suing you! <laughs> I'm guessing this wasn't just a everyday average lesbian no, couple that wasn't. just happened they, to stumble across this. They went in there this. knowing yeah. full well what was going to happen, and yeah. they were going to pull the Cause, shenanigans. Because the activist class, they're bullies. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the person who provided the legal counsel, by the way, to the woman did it pro bono. They said this is a First Amendment victory. Dude. That's what this was about. All right. And there you have it. Scott Robbins trifecta. Yep. Well done. Those are three really good stories. Yeah. I don't mean to sound surprised. But you always do a great job <laughs> well, in trifecta. You did no, it was really good today. I understand. Some days are hit and miss. You know, you never know. Well, we do have a news update. Does Nimrod's in the news ever disappoint? No, never. Are ever. you sure? Ever. Well, it's coming up. It's a good one.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update. David Van Camp. Hey, remember the uh, synagogue hostage situation in Colleyville, Texas? Yeah. A while back. That was back in January. There was an 11-hour-long standoff by a guy who, I, what, what would you say, radical Islamic extremist who hated the Jews. Yes. And then there was a heroic escape by led by people in the congregation to distract and run out uh, before the police could handle the situation. Now, the guy who sold the gun to the gunman has just been sentenced to almost eight years in prison, which I think that's that's a win because he was a felon in possession of a firearm okay. and had no business selling a gun to somebody who was obviously a foreign national. Usually you don't hear about right. a sentence like that. No. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I, I mean, you just hear on the campaign trail for Democrats like Beto O'Rourke, like in Texas, we need to crack down on gun laws because felons can sell guns to other felons. No, they can't. No. Well, and how many times have we had the conversation? You always talk about, you know, gun violence. But you don't want to hit people hard that are in possession of illegal guns Mm -hmm. at all, because that would be racist. Right. You you just tell everybody, here's the deal. If you are caught with a gun in your possession illegally, you're going to jail for five years minimum. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't. That's crazy speak. You can't do that. Sure you can. Why? Are you serious about the problem or not? Yeah. I've even mentioned we could take it down to three if you wish. I really don't want to do that. But, I mean, three is crazy speak for some people on the other side. I, I Or if understand. you lied on a FOID form, same thing. Uh-oh. Just saying. You obtained a right Well, gun. you're getting into Hunter Biden territory. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you got to watch out for that sort of you thing. You throw a gun into a, uh, a waste suppository, you also <laughs> have to... Uh, yeah. All right. Did we already start them rounds in the news? Probably. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. This is a sad one. 55-year-old dude in Maine, Jeffrey Bishop, he retired in January 2021 after serving 25 years in law enforcement. At the time, he said he, quote, decided to go out on top. Okay. But apparently, he wanted to start uh, a new adventure. Just six days after his retirement, he was arrested for dealing drugs in a high school parking lot. Oh, no. Talking about hydrocodone and fentanyl. Mm. And he also had 110 hydrocodone pills in his police duty bag in his home. In a high school parking lot. Yes. Golly. Yeah, he's in all kinds of trouble. Four counts of aggravated furnishing of scheduled drugs, unlawful trafficking, four years in prison for him. And then there was a a guy that goes into a bank to rob it. This is in the U.K. And so he has the note, and he slides it to the teller. She can't read his freaking writing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And they're like, what? And then he yells, you got 40 seconds. She's like, what? After 20 seconds, he's so frustrated, he leaves, but he grabbed some cash on his way out. And he's busted. That's never right.